Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Man, I can't wait to be a Steeler. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Steel Podcast, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just the real steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Polt. Polt, it feels like it's been a while, man. How you doing? Yeah, man, doing pretty well. It's We haven't talked in a, in a little bit. It's been a little since the draft, so I'm glad to get this uh, off our chest finally. Well, full full disclosure, <laughs> we have talked. This is actually take three of this episode. We've, we've had some pretty significant audio issues so we're hoping now that everything is is straightened out gosh if there are any any blips or hiccups in our audio i don't know we might have to stop the podcast it's getting out of hand yeah if you hear it somebody let us know because i think the last couple have had uh, some small issues and we've run into bigger issues lately so yeah yeah, hopefully it's all figured out now and uh hopefully our phones are updated good enough and we're good to go we did like a great post-draft recap right after oh it's fantastic Listen to it. Did it take two about a week later? Listen to it. Got on support. Finally got some things straightened out and, and hopefully we're good to go. So let's roll with it, man. Let's roll with the punches. Yeah. Glad to be back and talking about the Steelers as always. I think this is going to be an awesome, awesome episode. To me, this is the best draft class that we have had in years. I'm stoked yeah. to talk about it and break down some of these picks. What do you think? Yeah, and it's not it's not normal that uh, all of the nation and all national reporters also think we had a good draft. So super exciting and super cool to finally talk about it. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I think the Steelers are better today than than we were a few weeks ago before the draft. I mean, now it, it is a few weeks after the draft, um, but that plays in our advantage too. So what we're going to do for you guys is we're going to break down the draft class. We're going to talk a little bit about the undrafted free agents that we brought in. And that even gives us a little bit of an opportunity to talk about some of the moves we've made over the past couple of weeks outside of the draft and the yeah. rookie mini camp that just happened. So a little bit longer of an episode, but hopefully you guys stick with us, throw us on one and a half speed if, uh, <laughs> if, if you can't stand it or you only got a, a shorter amount of time but well hey at uh, least this time we warned them that it was gonna be a long episode usually you say it will be a quick one and it goes long so that's true they that's got a true warning the, this time. the heads up is is good so yeah there's there's your fair warning let's jump right into it man i i really want to talk about broderick jones our first round pick and and just what the steelers did to get him i think yeah. was was really cool we are not really a type of team that that trades up and and on the clock the first night of the draft at at the 17th pick and sure enough we moved up to the 14th pick swapped places with the patriots we ended up trading away um our fourth round pick with that so we moved from 17 to 14 we jump in front of the new york jets um and we take offensive tackle broderick jones out of georgia and i think this was a a a really significant move for the steelers to make to to bring in someone of his caliber but also pretty pretty ballsy to go ahead in and and make that trade with the patriots and get in front of the jets who you thought we're going to take this guy. So I, I'm just, I'm so thrilled with, with what happened. Yeah. Gotta love Bill Belichick helping us out to, to screw over his division rival in the jets. Uh, got the draft off to a great start for us, but I mean, we've talked about it for weeks, how offensive tackle was a need, maybe not our biggest need, but definitely a need. And project Jones is a stud offensive tackle. And um, there weren't many really, really good tackles remaining in the draft. So it was really important. We moved up in front of the jets to get him. And we took him a pick 14 he was expected to go 15, and I'll be talking a lot about value. That's a, We took him a, a pick early, which isn't bad value at all, especially for a first-round guy that they really liked. But you know the Steelers love this guy. Mike Tomlin has a quote here where he said, I was in Athens, George, Athens a year ago and took a group of his former teammates out and said to them, give me a name that we are going to be back for in 12 months. Universally, Broderick's name was the guy's name we got 12 months ago. Awesome. He's been looking at this guy for a year. This is who they've wanted. This is who all of Georgia players talked about, and, and they were able to land him, which is absolutely phenomenal to, to make up to really fill a big need on our offensive line in the left tackle position. 
a big guy to fill a big need, I think is, is the storyline here. I mean, yeah. we talked about how we wanted to get a guy who's 300 pounds and six, five, and you know, that's exactly what we got with Broderick Jones. This, this dude is big, um, six, five, three eleven is what he was measured at, at the combine. And, and he's long, long and lengthy. And, and he's going to be, I think a, a pivotal role, play a pivotal role here on that picket fence for us. I mean, this was a huge foundational piece, I think is, is a good word to kind of, yeah think about for what he's going to bring to the offensive line and the best part about it is he played at georgia he's went to two national championships games one back to back national championships he's played against the premier edge rushers in the in the nation and and i think he gave up zero sacks one hold and zero false starts in over 400 snaps last year so he's a stud with a lot of experience really really excited for him me too so i think he he will you know challenge for a starting role i i wouldn't be surprised if he's in there starting i think he probably will um yeah expect him to see expect to see him on that line day one um and and yeah he's just really going to be a force to be reckoned with it's about time that the steelers got a big dude i i want to give yeah. you i know this is like super early on in our episode but i'm gonna hit you with the stat of the week real nice and early so we oh, haven't man. done a stat of the week in a while but i i think this is just so important to to hit on um the Steelers don't draft offensive linemen in the first round very frequently um we've done it this is the fifth time we've done it since since 1998 and let me go through those picks um for you real quick 2012 we drafted David DeCastro 2000 stud 2011 Marquise Pouncey stud stud Kendall Simmons in 2002 good player stud (laughs) I have his autograph do you know that I did not know that. It's on a terrible towel. Well, you know that because I've said it three times. It's our third time <laughs> recording, but uh, you didn't That's know true. the first time. That's um, true. So yeah, pretty cool. My sister and I got his uh, his autograph at the Shaler Library. How about it? Oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. And then uh, the other one, Alan Fanica, 1998 Hall of Famer. So the Steelers spending this pick on uh, an early first round pick on an offensive lineman, I think says something. Roger Jones is in in, in great company with those four other players. Fun fact, I have Alan Fanica's Pro Bowl jersey. So there you go. It all ties together. It all but ties yeah, together. No, absolutely. We don't take offensive linemen, and, and this is the guy they wanted. So really, really excited about it. And I don't know about you. I think that not like Kenny Pickett where he started third in camp. I think he gets the first team reps early I think so in too. camp. So I look to see that, and I think he will be the left tackle. Yeah, I think so. So you and I talked before the draft, right? We I think we, we both agreed – on our two biggest needs at the, at the team. And it yeah. was, uh, you know, an offensive tackle uh, to build that line. And it was a cornerback. Absolutely. And so sitting there at pick 17, then we found out we traded to 14. Um, you know, I think we, we figured project Jones was going to be the move, but there were a couple cornerbacks that were on the board that I think could have fell our way too. And we sat and we wait and we went with tackle. Um, and sure enough, day two came first pick on the board. Um, Steelers didn't trade that pick away. We went ahead and drafted our guy, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. And this is another pick in the second round that I am just absolutely thrilled about. And I think it really hits our two biggest needs with our first two picks. Yeah, absolutely. They they were filling the needs, which we talked about before the draft. They filled a lot of holes that they were able to take some of the best available players. And they the guys, in their opinion, just happened to fill needs, which is awesome. But again, talking about value, we got him at 32 overall. He was expected to go 12th overall by the consensus people doing mock drafts. So that's a 20 pick value, which is really, really good for one of the top corners in the draft. He, he's a lengthy guy, plays a lot of press coverage, really good in press coverage, and it's kind of what the Steelers want to do. And he has that Pittsburgh mentality, obviously, with his growing up in in Pittsburgh w- with his dad, Joey Porter Sr. And I, I love that he has a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't real happy about not getting taken in the first round. He thought the Steelers should take him. The Steelers supposedly thought about him at 17, and, and they were able to let him fall and get him at 32, and he was not happy about that. But he's happy to be a Steeler. And he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder, knowing that he wasn't a first round pick. So I love that. I love that attitude. And I think he's going to be a huge, huge player for us. We're at number 24 for Uncle Ike Taylor. And uh, I think that'll be really, really cool to see. 
Yeah, I thought that was really neat. Uncle Ike, so obviously a tie with Joey Porter Sr. and Ike Taylor. Family's Yeah. very close. Those guys really close. Ike Taylor actually said that Joey Porter Jr. reminded him of his play style. And so that's why he's going to, you know, kind of honor Uncle Ike and wear number 24. I think the thing that stands out with, with Joey Porter Jr. is his length and his size. Um, Oh, yeah. he is a, a really big, lengthy cornerback. Um, Yeah. and he's going to be someone who's going to go, you know, toe to toe with with someone like a Justin Jefferson a Devonte Adams uh, I mean we're not playing those guys all the time but he's going to line up Jamar against Chase. Jamar Chase he's going Yep. to line up probably against I don't know if Rashad Bateman's the number 1 in in uh Odell Beckham. Baltimore or OBJ or the the new guy they got Zay Flowers who does his name Zay Flowers Zay Flowers, yep. Yeah. So who knows, but Joey Porter Jr. He could be lining up against these big name guys and, and, you know, he's going to show his size um, and really show how good he is in coverage. Obviously we're a little bit more uh, excited than some given he's a Penn state guy, but this is just, uh, I, I think this is an awesome, awesome story and he's Yeah. going to be a hell of a player for us. Yeah. And like I said, he was, he was mad. He wasn't a first round pick, went number one pick in the second round and had his mom drive him down to the facility 30 minutes after getting picked. He just, he wants to be here and wants to be playing for us. And that's all we can ask for. So hopefully he can show out and, and be like his dad and, and have his own legacy and, and, and really play well for us. Yeah. So, so again, to, to remind the listeners here, this pick Joey Porter Jr. comes to us courtesy of the, the Chase Claypool trade that Omar Khan made to get that second round pick that put us right at 32. So we retained our, our second round pick based on our draft position. That Yeah. was the 49th pick. And with that pick, we went and I think addressed what we said was our third need. a defensive lineman. And we took Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. And this guy is someone that we had on our draft board and we had kept our eyes on him for a really long time. I think even at pick 32, Yep. we were talking about potentially taking him. Um, Yeah. so we take a, a, a good defensive lineman that's going to be able to plug and play right into that unit as well. Yeah, and it, again, like, I, I, every pick I'll talk about value. This is our worst value of the draft. He was expected to go 60. We took him 49, so 11 picks early. But that doesn't really matter. Again, they but we said they wanted him at 32. They considered taking him over Joey Porter Jr. at 32. That's how much they loved him. And he went to Wisconsin. They love Wisconsin, guys. They have a thing for them with T.J. Watt, Isaiah Loudermilk, Scott Nelson. I'm actually not sure who that is, but he's a Wisconsin guy on the roster. And, and they love Wisconsin, boys, and he's a big big defensive tackle, which is what we need. We don't have much depth behind uh, Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi, so we needed a guy like this. And he's an all-Big Ten third-team third selection back in 2022, this past year, played in all 12 games, had 36 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, and four and a half sacks. And that that big the end there's the big part of that. If you talk, if you look at a lot of things, they say he can only be a, a two down defensive tackle. He's not going to be very good rushing the passer. But the Steelers have come out and said they really don't agree with that. They think he could be an every down player and, and have some value rushing the passer. So we love to hear that, and uh, that should help Cam Hayward and Larry O try to get you know stay off the field a little bit longer. And this goes back to Andy Weidel. He built the Eagles, helped build the Eagles, and what do they do? They rotate three different lines of defense alignment. Well, that's what the Steelers are trying to build, and I think it's a great a great method to try to win football games. Yeah, it's all about the trenches. I think the theme here that we took away from this draft is that the Steelers are really going to be bullies, both Yeah. on the offensive line and the defensive line, getting big bodies in there. I mean, Keanu Benton's another guy, 300 pounds, 6'4". And, and he's, you know, someone we need to help build some youth on that defensive Yeah. line. We, we look at, you know, the remaining players that we have on that line. And, and this is an area where we did have a gap. Maybe it wasn't as prominent as uh, the offensive line and, It was and at pretty the corner big. position, but we, yeah, we recognized it was a, it was a pretty big need for us. So this was a good move to spend an early top 50 pick on a solid, solid defensive lineman. Right. And the other thing is you got to remember, like we, we don't have Chris Wormley. We don't have Tyson Alulu. Like we did lose some guys, some defensive tackles that were depth players in, in free agency. So not that they've signed yet, but I mean, this is important. Let's get younger. Let's get younger and let's get bigger. And I think this is going to be a, a really big move for us. Yeah. Uh, younger and bigger. I like what you said there, because that's going to transition us really freaking nicely 
to the next pick that we had. And this yeah. was really, this was really interesting. This was a, a I think a, a pivotal move that the Steelers made in the draft because absolutely we briefly mentioned first round pick. We had 17, we traded to 14. So we swapped those first rounders and we had a fourth round pick, but we traded that away. I think that was pick 120 um, that got traded yep. to the, to the Patriots. So we had our third round pick remaining. It was the 80th pick. And then the following two picks were in the seventh round. So we weren't going to pick for the rest of the third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round into the seventh round. It's a really, really long time. Especially for a team with some holes. Like we needed to fill some holes. You can't go that many, that many rounds without picking. A hundred percent. And I think the front office recognized exactly that. And they knew that they were going to make a move again when they traded away that fourth round pick. They knew they were going to acquire something. So they did exactly that. So we traded our third round pick. It was the 80th pick. We traded back to the 93rd pick with the Panthers. So we swapped picks with them. And then we actually acquired the 132nd pick. So the fourth, their fourth round pick. So, yep. so we moved back 13 spots, but we pick up another fourth round pick to kind of replace the one we originally traded away. And we made two really, really incredible picks with Huge. that third rounder and that fourth rounder. The third rounder, I would argue the steal of the draft. Yeah. S-T-E-E-L. Of <laughs> course, keep it in the theme, right? Talk about a guy that is big and out there and just going to be a force to be reckoned with tight end Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Yeah. And I won't even get into value yet. You got to get into his size. He's six, seven, two sixty four is what he weighed into combine. And I just said two sixty four, six seventy. he ran a four, six, four unofficial 40 yard dash. I mean, that is quick for a big boy. And, and the best part about him is he doesn't care about getting the ball. He calls himself the sixth lineman which is just so cool. He wants to go in and bully people and run people over in the run game. But he also has some really unpolished but really like untapped potential in the receiving game. He played on Georgia, who had who has arguably one of the best tight end prospects coming out next year in Brock Bowers, who got featured in the offense. Well, Darnell Washington was the second guy. So he had to focus mainly on blocking, and he is totally okay with that. And, and I think that's really, really cool because I think it's going to be similar. I don't think it's going to be as a, as big of a difference as it was at Georgia, but I think it's going to be similar with him and Fryermuth. And to get a guy that we have the left tackle that he, he blocked beside, if you go watch a lot of Georgia games, it was him and Broderick Jones running people over on the left-hand side and Georgia running the ball right behind them. And guess what? We got both of them. And, and so I think it's a great pick. This guy's crazy athletic huge and to just hit on value real quick it's their second best value pick of the draft they was expected to go 31 most people thought he was a first round pick we got him wow. at 93 that's 62 pick difference and the reason for that is some medical concerns people are worried about his knees he had some he had i guess ligament or cartilage damage i think in his knee this past year he got it cleaned up he says he feels better than ever has no issues but people were a little worried about it with him being so big running on the, those knees he says he feels fine the steelers obviously felt he felt fine or felt he is fine and went with the pick and i i think this might be the best pick of the draft throw a little pittsburgh reference in there i think his nickname is going to be mount washington I, mean, I like that this guy you said he's huge he's six seven i i heard something that said he's got like the size and, and the force of a truck, but he's got like yeah. the footwork and the speed of a sports car. I mean, you watch his tape, he's hurdling people. Yep. Um, he, he can use his hands. He's going to be a red zone threat. I yep. think it's important to think about one of the areas where the Steelers lacked the most productivity last year was inside the red zone and now being able to clean that up and, and build your offensive line so that you can kind of uh, go in and you can rush better. Um, you get someone like Darnell Washington, you get Allen Robinson in through free agency, um, really building the potential for, for some red zone um, nightmares for teams, honestly, from a matchup perspective. Yeah. Um, I think Darnell Washington, one other thing I want to add on him is, on the surface, when I, I looked at this pick or when this pick came in, I was a little bit confused, to be honest with you. I think most um, people would be. 
I thought tight end was probably one of the places where we actually had a good amount of certainty. Obviously, we know Pat Fryermuth's ability and, and his skills and what he's going to be for a tight end number one for us. I mean, you even look at what, what Fryermuth is getting from, you know, like fantasy projections. He's a top 10 tight end in terms of um, yeah. I'm seeing him around eight or nine in, in a lot of different analysts um, assessments of tight ends. But um, we know what we have with him. He's a stud. I think looking behind him on the depth chart though you look at zach gentry he's a guy who's big um he had less than 10 catches last year i think um but he's a good blocker but we only brought him in and signed him to another one-year deal um and then you look at um connor hayward so a guy that we picked in last year's draft but i think connor hayward showed that there's flexibility at his you know with his capabilities beyond the tight end role so we might be able to see him and featured in you know some halfback or some fullback roles um i I think there's probably some versatility with what we can get out of Connor Hayward. So I kind of envision uh, Darnell Washington stepping in and kind of replacing more of a Zach Gentry um, and and we'll see what happens there. So, yeah, that's where Zach Gentry is a good player and he's a good blocking tight end, but he doesn't really add anything into the passing game. he doesn't add much value where I think Darnell Washington could be just as good of a blocker and have far more value in the passing game and actually be really utilized. And I think they're going to use a lot of two tight end sets. Um, we saw that last year, Matt Canada likes to do that. I think he's going to continue to do that with this pick. And uh, yeah, I think it's just an upgrade over Zach Gentry. And it's uh, obviously a cheaper guy for, for a couple more years than Gentry signed for. So I love the pick. I think it's going to be awesome. He's going to come in there and run people over this. Uh, we'll talk about Ricky rookie minicamp, but man, go look up the pictures. The dude is a beast. He is so big and it's, it's so cool. Yeah. He's a big dude. I'm excited to see him just in a Steelers jersey. You know what number he's wearing? I think 80. I think Is that 80. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. gonna wear 80. That'll be cool. Plexico Burris. He has who, a similar who else for 80? Who else? Uh, do you know? Uh, uh, top of my head, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm just thinking of Plex. I don't know. Cedric Wilson was Cedric Wilson 80. You remember him? I do uh, remember him. I'm not entirely sure though. Yeah, he's wearing 80. Yep. Yeah. That's- Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about our, our other pick before we get to the seventh round. So again, the 132nd pick we acquired in, in that trade for, for moving back. Um, and we got ourselves another Wisconsin linebacker. We love our Wisconsin boys yep. and we love our brothers on the teams too. Nick Herbig. Um, this, this guy comes to us again out of, uh, out of Wisconsin, a linebacker, his brother, uh, Nate Herbig, one of the acquisitions we made at the offensive line um, this year in free agency. And and Nick Herbig, he was like a, th- a three-year starter, I think, at, at Wisconsin. And this is yeah. a guy that we also had our eyes on early. And I, I thought maybe in the third round we were going to pick him. Um, he's someone that I'm surprised fell this far and, and landed right in our lap. This is another common theme. We got the guys that we wanted. Yep, and it was value again. They thought he would go 91st overall. We had the 93rd overall pick where we took Darnell Washington. They thought he'd go 91. We got him at 132, which is 41 picks later. I mean, like you said, this is another guy that we pinpointed that we wanted and we went out and got. And and it has the family ties. And again, it's another player that wants to play for us. I think all all the guys we've talked about had a had a feeling that they could go to the Steelers and wanted to go to the Steelers. And here's what Herbig said when they asked him. He said, it's the right place for me. It's exactly where I would need to be. They want me to come in and be a dog. That is what I do. Whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to come in and do it. Again, that's the kind of that's the kind of culture we're trying to build, and, and we love hearing that. And He's going to be a pretty good edge rusher. Um, I think he could maybe play some inside linebacker, but I think they're going to primarily use him depth edge rusher. And uh, we really need that behind TJ Watt and, and Alex Highsmith, and he's not going to be asked to step in day one. So he's going to have time to learn and, and, and fill in behind those two guys, and I think that's going to be really big for him. So I'm super excited. I think it will be really cool to have him on the team, and I'm, I'm glad they were able to get him with that great trade. Another great move by, by Omar Khan. And speaking about what he said, that clip at the beginning, that was Nick Herbig when he got drafted as a Steeler. I can't wait to be a, a Steeler. I mean, that was yeah. That's something you you love to hear. Did you see when he got drafted? Who announced it? Did you no, catch I did that? Not. It was Alex Highsmith and Lamar Woodley, both number fifty six for the Steelers. That was oh, that's cool. kind of crazy. And they announced it in Mexico. I think my my prediction when they bring a Mexico city game back in like the next couple of years, I bet we're, I bet we're in one of them. We've never, we've never had an international game. And I think we yeah. have a pretty, pretty big um, fan base in Mexico. 
We oh. do. They always do some. Najee was there last draft. They they always do something there. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So uh, I I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, they did the pick for Mexico, and it was those two linebackers. So Herbig is going to wear fifty one. That's pretty cool. That's the James Ferrier, right? Any yep. anyone on there you can think of fifty one? James yeah. Ferrier is the only one. James Ferrier, yeah. Yeah, but pretty cool. Nonetheless, I, again, he's going to step in and play some roles at, at edge. Um, and he also has the flexibility to, to be moved inside, which is, you know, something that's going to hold a lot of value. So um, pumped. But, but in five picks, they've, they've, the four main needs that I, at least I said we needed, they've taken care of. Check, 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 check. They, they totally. got them all and, and they did it with great value. They, they made great moves. They didn't reach. I mean, they got all the guys they wanted. So you have to be super pumped. Yeah. And then what we did in the seventh round. So by the way, that gap between that, that fourth round pick for Herbig into our first pick in the seventh round, um, that was one of the longest gaps the Steelers have ever had in terms of a draft class. So it's pretty rare that we don't have a, a fifth and sixth round pick. We traded those. I think it was for, it was a Kyle Witherspoon was one of them. And, uh, uh, Malik Reed maybe was the the linebacker yeah. we got for the other pick. I think he was the sixth rounder. Yeah, yeah. So we had traded those away and and were without them. But you know, I think we went in with our two seventh round picks and we built depth there. And you look at what we did with our first two picks, we built those positions further. So I'm going to say the two guys' names. We can talk about them both. Our first pick in the seventh round, we took Corey Trice. He's a cornerback from Purdue. Another really really lengthy corner um similar to joey porter honestly and i know you'll talk to him about him and his value um people are saying he's the steal of the seventh round um even even some are saying he's the steal of the draft um that yeah. far later or maybe of of saturday on the draft um and then our other final pick in the seventh round uh we drafted a guard spencer anderson out of maryland and this is a guy to be honest with you, we don't really know as much about, but he seems to have a lot of versatility and a lot of flexibility with the roles he can play on an offensive line. Yeah, and just thinking about this, actually, one, two, three, four, we had five Big Ten players picked, which is um, which is actually pretty interesting. So you can see where they, where the Steelers like to get their their players from. But you were talking five about Big Corey, Ten and two Georgia, and two Georgia, right? Pretty pretty good squads there. Talk about Corey Trice and value. I mean. He was being rated as the 117th prospect, and we got him 241, 124 picks after he was expected. It's the best value we had in the draft, and this this kid can play. Um, I talked about rookie minicamp. If you see any pictures, you're going to think him and Joey Porter Jr. look alike. I mean, those two look like they're best friends already, and they look so similar, these all lengthy, lanky corners that that are just ready to go. But this guy played in 34 games for Purdue, started in 24 of them, he was an all Big Ten third team selection in uh, 2022. He also was an all Big Ten honorable mention by the coaches and media. Um, he started in 13 games at 34 tackles, two interceptions, and a team high 10 passes defended. So, again, he's, he's a guy that likes to play press coverage and, and can get up in your face. And I think he's going to add some real depth and real value to the, the secondary this year. A couple picks and a couple pick sixes, I think he had too. I yeah. mean, he's a guy you said. You said his size, but it's pretty rare to have corners that are are six three. Um, yeah. he he's huge and and he's he's lengthy. I think that's that's really going to show itself. Um, and then just thinking about like you having a guy like Patrick Peterson come in, there's all these these doubters and and haters in terms of questioning what that acquisition really was getting after. But um, I think there's so much value in Absolutely. in beyond a player's skill set. And, and what a player can actually bring to a locker room and teach and mentor a group of guys. You now have your cornerback room with Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr., and Corey Trice. And yeah, Corey Trice is a seventh-round pick, but he's going to show himself that he's better than a seventh-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, and in and, and this day and age, like... Uh... I know people might not agree with social media or whatever, but being on social media and being active and showing love to your teammates is a big deal. And Patrick Peterson is seems so excited on social media to be a Steeler. I mean, he was all in on the draft asking who was going, who was getting picked when, where, when Porter and Trice both got picked, he said, let's go. I'm ready to go. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's get ready. And I think he's going to be a huge mentor for these young, young corners. And I, I think that will play a huge role. We talked about a little bit of versatility as well with like Nick, Nick Herbig and, and some of these other guys. Corey Trice has played safety. He started his career off at Purdue as a safety. So mm -hmm. if, if he doesn't work out as a corner, we can always move him back to safety. And I think the Steelers do really value guys that can play multiple positions. 
Yeah, we need that. We need that this yeah. year too with Terrell Edmonds gone, right? We right. we we brought in um a couple guys and we re-signed um KZ, right? But right. um that's, you know, safety's uh, honestly now, I, I would say post draft analysis, safety might be a place where, you know, maybe there's some some room to build. Um depending yeah, on three on guys. How, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then if we want to talk about versatility, Spencer Anderson's like the king of that. Um the guy offensive lineman from Maryland, he he came into the year as a 2022 pro football focus preseason second team, all big 10, which um, I don't think it panned out his, his st stats in a season didn't go as planned, but that shows that he has the talent that people at least thought he had the talent to be really good. And I, I like the upside there. This guy's played every single position on the offensive line for Maryland. He, um he started all 13 games last year, played 12 at right tackle or 12 at right guard one at right tackle, and he, he blocked for a Maryland passing attack that was third in the Big Ten in yards per game. So the guy has some pretty good pass protection skills, I guess, and he's played a good bit of center. He's played both sides, both guard and tackle on the left-hand side. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot of center reps and maybe becomes the backup center with J.C. Hassenauer gone. That was my initial thought when we drafted him um, was, you know, Mason Coles solidified himself pretty nicely into that center role, but we lose yeah. J.C. Hassenhauer. What happens? We don't really have a lot of depth there, and I do not think that, you know, we do not Kendrick want Green, Green is, is the guy that we want in there. So, no. um, yeah, maybe Spencer Anderson steps in into that role. Um, that that would be neat. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, just to hit on real quickly, I, I want to share these guys numbers. I think this is pretty cool. So Broderick Jones is going to wear 77. We said Joey Porter, 24 Keanu Benton is 95. Darnell Washington, 80 Herbig's 51. Corey Trice is 27. That was Marcus Allen's number. He's definitely gone. Yep. Um, and then Spencer Anderson's coming in at 74. Okay. Not bad. That's what I'm saying. If you go look at the pictures, you see 24 and 27, both with some dreads, long, skinny guys, <laughs> it looks like they're they're doing a lot of drills together they look like they're almost like becoming best friends which is really really cool and 24 last year was benny snell right so that's yep. probably an indication that benny snell could be gone we'll talk here just a, in just a moment about some of our other moves but while we move away from the draft i just want to very briefly cover some of the undrafted free agents that we tapped into so after the draft the steelers went after seven different guys that didn't get picked up i'm going to run through their names we won't spend as much time talking about each of these guys but yeah. um let me just run through them. Wide receiver and a return specialist, Jordan Bird from San Diego State. Uh, fullback, Monty Potterbaum from Iowa. Quarterback, Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota. Kicker, BT Potter, Clemson. Linebacker, David Perales from Fresno State. Defensive end, James Nyamwaya from Merrimack. And center, Trevor Downing out of Iowa State. I almost had like a, three rehearsals on these guys' names. I was struggling with with... I'm so impressed with the Merrimack kid. I won't even try to say his name because I will butcher it. Yeah, I, I got it. I think you got it right. Here. Yeah. Niamh Waya. Uh, yeah. we'll, hopefully that's the right pronunciation. But um, what do you know about these guys? Because uh, I only know a little bit about a few of them. Yeah. I mean, I know this Jordan Bird, the return specialist out of San Diego State. If you go up and look his, his highlights up, the guy is electric. I mean, he's returned kicks to the house, punts to the house. The guy seems like he has really good returns. Uh, return skills and like we said that is kind of an area where we're questioning who's going to be playing there we lost steven sims we still have Gunnar olszewski on the team we think calvin austin could be a guy or anthony miller potentially but nobody knows and and so i think jordan bird has an opportunity to come in here and earn a spot it's kind of like uh turpin for the cowboys last year he, he played in i think the xfl they picked him up they brought him in for camp and he ended up winning the job and was the return man all year so i think jordan bird could be that guy um Kicker BT Potter from Clemson is an interesting pickup. Uh, I don't think Chris Boswell is going anywhere, but I think Potter was 93% for his career at Clemson, which is pretty darn good. Tanner Morgan had a couple good years. I think two or three years ago, he had a really good year at Minnesota, fell off the last couple of years. Um, he lost some of his receivers. That receiving core used, had some studs on it, like Rashad Bateman and a couple others. Um, so that's an interesting pick with our with our quarterback room, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and then David Perales is the one I think I'm most excited about linebacker from Fresno state teams were supposedly super high on this guy and thought about drafting him like 
mm. a lot of teams in the league. And, and somehow he just fell out and never got drafted, and he chose to come to the Steelers. And they think this kid can be really versatile and be a pretty solid inside linebacker for for a team. So I'm excited to see what he what he can do. He seemed really excited when he got the phone call from the Steelers. So we'll see what he can if he can show up and and make the team, and and we'll see what he can do. Yeah, and, and and those are all good points. And and one of the guys we didn't touch on, Trevor Downing out of Iowa State. I mean, that's a center picking up a raw center. So yeah. so maybe that's that's help at that depth position. Of course, we got to see who who ultimately makes the roster. Right? right, you have ninety some, and you're cutting it down to fifty three. So a lot of these guys have an outside chance at making the roster, but there's always a few, um, and there's always a chance for one or maybe a couple of these guys to sneak on. You look at guys like James Harrison. Willie Parker, even last year, Jalen Warren, yep. all undrafted free agents that made the roster and, and arguably were very successful on the team. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. But I think before we transition away from this, we can't go without talking about Monty the mullet, Potabom. Absolutely not. Oh, man, this guy has a great mullet, and now we have two guys battling for the best mullet on the team, and him and, and Monty Pottebaum and, and Cole Holcomb. So we'll see if two mullets can fit in that locker room. But th- this guy, he's he's a... He's a hard-nosed football player out of Iowa, wears a big neck roll, and uh, he has that Steelers mentality in him. Yeah, give him a Google search, Monty Potabom. I mean, he's got a name, he's got a mullet. Seems like he's got it all. So pretty awesome. Uh, we'll we'll see what he does. It'll be fun to kind of watch it, watch that guy in in the preseason at at a minimum. Um, okay, we haven't done. You want to say something? Well, I was going to say while we're still talking about like rookies, should, do you want to talk about the rookie mini draft? Yeah, mini let's camp do real it. Quick? Let's talk about the rookie mini camp, and then I'm going to throw a question at you. Yeah. So this past weekend, uh, so the I think it was the 12th through 14th of May, the Steelers held their three day rookie mini camp with all the guys they drafted, um, the undrafted guys. There was a couple. There was five first year guys. So like a Master Teague, who was a running back we had on the practice squad last year, he took part in it um and that's scott nelson the strong safety out of wisconsin that i had spoke about earlier that i didn't know who he was he took part of that as well um but there was some other interesting trial players and i'm just going to pinpoint a couple of them bryce perkins um quarterback out of where did he go to school he went to virginia um i think he's a second year player or maybe a third year player he got some playing time with the rams for the rams last year okay three seasons so he played some for the rams last year and and he did okay he i mean the rams were kind of a mess so he didn't have the uh, too much help but he did okay so i think they brought him in to maybe give him an opportunity to fight for the third or fourth qb slot so i thought that was interesting um Nick Boyle is a name that Steelers fans might know. He's an ex-tight end who used to play for the Baltimore Ravens. He actually came as a tryout as a long snapper for us. So kind of interesting. I think we just signed our long snapper last year, so I don't really think they're going to go anywhere else with that. But um, interesting they're giving the ex-Baltimore Raven Nick Boyle a chance. And I think those are the two main guys. There's a couple other guys in here. I'm not sure who they are, but there was some one guy who's never played football. He was a, a shot put guy that he's never played a snap of football, but the Steelers, he's a big dude. So they're giving him an opportunity. Um, Must be and, nice. Yeah. So I, I, it was interesting. They had a bunch of tryout guys. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens. The one guy that wasn't on the tryout list though, to keep an eye on Hakeem Butler. Um mm. He's a tight, he's a wide receiver who played in the XFL. He was first round pick, I believe, or maybe early second round pick a couple years ago that the Steelers supposedly picked up and Omar Khan's talked about. Um, but he was not on this list. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on with him, but he's a guy they might be bringing into camp to try to win a roster spot. Nice. That's, that's some good background there. I think the one headline I saw, which might resonate with some of uh, the audience here is that it, it wasn't necessarily a flashy mini camp, yeah. but I think that's when you look at what we had last year, right? We had a rookie quarterback. We had a rookie wide receiver. We had some, you know, Jalen Warren making splash plays. Like there were some pretty significant things coming out of rookie mini camp last year. And this year, right. You're drafting linemen, you're drafting guys who are playing in coverage. Yeah. It's a little bit different. And, and, you know, um, it's yeah i guess it's not as flashy as again the headline that i saw yeah if you scroll through if you scroll through who was there it's a lot of offensive and defensive linemen so yeah a lot of big boys all right so we're gonna get into to the other moves that the steelers made real quick because i I think that's a good way to kind of close things out but yeah looking at the draft holistically i'll give you time to think about this and i'll answer first but i i just wanted to to ask you if you had any 
Like what was your biggest takeaway or your biggest couple takeaways from, from this draft? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two. I think number one, this was about size yep. um, and, and getting some big guys on the offensive, on the defensive lines um, at the corner position, big dudes. I think that was a, a common theme here. And the other thing that really stands out to me is that we did not draft a wide receiver. We talked about whether or not we would draft a wide receiver. And I think the Allen Robinson situation may have changed things a little bit. But I think what this says to me is that the Steelers believe that Calvin Austin is going to be a guy. Yep. And I think they firmly believe that. Yeah, they brought in a veteran wide receiver, but the the room needed that holistically. Oh, for sure. So I think what this tells us is that they have faith in Calvin Austin. They've seen his production and they know what we have in potentially getting out of him. And that steered us away from drafting another wide receiver, which I'm I'm stoked about. I mean, we didn't yeah. even aside from Jordan Bird, right? Who who clearly is more flashy at the return specialist position, we didn't even get an undrafted free agent wide receiver. You know, yeah. Jordan Bird's the only one who plays that position. So um, I think that is kind of the one thing that stands out to me, head and shoulders above the others. No, those are two really good points. The size winning in the trenches is a, is a really big deal. It obviously looked like, so love that. I guess I'll, I'll go with this takeaway. I, I think the big thing was they went and they, they knew who they wanted and they made sure they got those guys. I think they they weren't drafting for best available or for need, I think. I think they were doing a little bit of both, but it wasn't best available in the eyes of, of everybody else. It was in the mm-hmm. eyes of the beholder. It was their eyes. And, and if you look at some of these opportunities they had, like Christian Gonzalez, who was the consensus probably number two cornerback in the draft, we could have taken him at 17. That's where the Patriots took him after they traded back to our pick. Yep. But the Steelers didn't want him because Mike Tomlin did not like his his interview process with them and thought he didn't have the mentality to play for the Steelers. He thought he was kind of soft. And, and so they took a pass on him. And, and, and I'm okay with that. If that's how they feel, if they feel really confident in their in their draft process and their interview process and they don't like these guys, that's fine. Oh, yeah. And and, and so I think they went after the guys they got, they wanted and, and they made sure they picked them up and and obviously did great, had great value with that. So that my big takeaway was these guys they wanted very badly. And they went out that. and got them. Do we give a joint consensus among the two uh, amongst the two of us? Balls of steel. Yeah, you gave a stat of a week, so we got to give a ball of steel. Who is it? It's the con artist, Omar Khan, and it's it's one for the nickname because the nickname is fantastic, and he really did he did pull some current con artist moves in the draft, but also his just like his roster building in his draft, his first draft as the Steelers GM was fantastic. And we haven't had a, a draft like this where we've been this excited for a long time. So really, really cool to see him continue to succeed and, and continue to be aggressive. That's, I guess, another takeaway I forgot about. We were aggressive and, and I love seeing that. So Omar Khan balls of steel for maybe the entire off season. I love it. Something special with this team, man. And with that front office, I think it's, it's a new era. Yeah, I think so. I'm pumped. All right, let's wrap things up here with just um, hitting on a couple of the things that the Steelers did post-draft or or even right before just to round things out. Um, I think it's worth noting that we signed Miles Boykin to a one-year contract. He's a guy that we talked about, obviously a wide receiver, but um, yeah. pretty significant depth player for us at uh, special teams. Um, yep. He's there on the coverage unit. He's there on the receiving unit. Um, he's he's a really, really solid special teams player. And I think, quite frankly, he could round out that uh, wide receiver room um, in terms of getting that number six, perhaps. Um, see what happens with someone like Anthony Miller um, or, yeah. you know, uh, Jordan Bird, perhaps. But um, I think he he's a, a good guy to, to bring in for the special teams role. And we also talked about, you know, I think Marcus Allen's probably gone. And I think uh, Benny Snell's probably gone. Both their numbers are taken. I guess that's how the process kind of works. If they come back, they're on a, a different number. But um, yeah, for now, they're gone. I mean, they haven't been picked up. So Miles um, Boykin, uh, I think this was a, an interesting one. We've been talking about a weakness being a slot cornerback. Yeah. Um, or or maybe that's kind of a, a, a glaring weakness, perhaps, after the draft or um, maybe just 
you know, in, in losing Cam Sutton, I think you could probably say. So he brought in Shannon Sullivan on a one-year contract. Shannon Sullivan comes to us from the Vikings. He's a veteran in the league. I think he has a few years of experience behind him. Yep, five. Um, five, yeah. Anything you want to add about Shannon Sullivan? Yeah, I mean, he's nothing flashy, and I think he's 27 years old. Played a season in, in Philadelphia, three seasons in Green Bay, which is really where his name got got where he made his name, I guess you could say. And then a year last year in Minnesota, and he played all 17 games last year, started in 10, had seven passes defensed, one fumble recovery. He had 60 tackles though last season, which is the most in his career. So I think we're going to be looking for him to fill in that slot corner role. I think he'll be definitely an upgrade over Arthur Millette, who we have. I actually remembered his name this time recording. We released him. We did release him. Which was an interesting move. Um, we'll talk about that for a second. He, he I guess, requested a release. Um, wasn't happy with this. The Steelers, from what it sounds like, made a gentleman's agreement with him, I guess, for this year. And he wasn't real happy with the number amount. And so he has to be released. And the Steelers granted him his, his release. So he is now off the Steelers team. And so that slot corner hole, ro- role actually might be the biggest hole on the team. But I think Shannon Sullivan helps with that. I think he'll step in. I think Patrick Peterson will play on the inside. I think some of these guys will move around. So Shannon Sullivan, nothing special, but I think he is a he will be a solid player and, and give us some some good slot corner stuff. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I'm seeing here an, another piece of news that actually just happened today as we're recording. Um, we signed an undrafted free agent and rookie minicamp tryout. Alfonso Graham. So he's a running back. Um, it looks like, let's see. Um, yep. uh, I'm going to see where he played. 5'9, 195. He played at Morgan State. Morgan State. All right. How about it? Is that the, is that in the Mac? No, that's no. the, the MIAC. Yes. That ain't the Mac. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, he had more than 1,200 yards from scrimmage last year at the FCS. So not the not division one the main division one he was the division one double A sure but uh, that's an interesting signing okay yeah. I I did not know that good for him we'll see yeah. what happens with with what comes out of that I mean he, get buying himself some some preseason um some preseason time yeah and and just to touch on something you've been talking about all these these jersey numbers uh the one number that out of all the rookies first year guys and tryout guys number forty four was not taken. I don't know if that means Derek Watts coming back, but <laughs> I feel like Derek Watts coming back. So that's just something to keep an eye on. There's been a lot of the th- talk of JJ Watt potentially trying to come out of retirement to play for the Steelers. I think that's a, that's a hoax right now. Maybe he would, but I don't think he will. Um, but I think that probably has to do because Derek will be coming back. So just keep that on the on your radar to see if he comes back as a special teams piece. You ready for the breaking? News, the biggest story <laughs> of, of May 15th in terms of the Steelers. Yeah, I guess. Mason Rudolph is back. Back in black. Back in UB3, black. UB3, Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph. Give me your thoughts, because I'll give you mine, honestly. No, and if I'm being honest, I'm going to have probably the same opinion as you. I, I'm shocked he's back. Um, I thought after what he went through last year, he would have no interest coming back. But obviously, there was nobody that really bid on him to be a backup quarterback. And he comes back to a familiar familiar place where if injuries happen, he could step in and play pretty well. And I think it's a big need for us, actually. I'm, I'm happy about it. I, I, we had talked about Bryce Perkins. We talked about Tanner Morgan. These are guys that don't have any experience, really. And they were going to be the third, the third quarterback. And the Steelers love keeping three. I didn't really like that. So now we have a solid, solid three in that quarterback room with with Pickett, Trubisky, and and Rudolph. And I think that's I think that kind of fills one of the last remaining needs on the team. So I totally agree. And let me say this. I think Mason Rudolph is a tough dude. Yeah. Tough as nails. I think he knows the offense For sure. really damn well. I think he gets along with that group. You look at Bringing able being able to bring back all three guys from a quarterback room crazy doesn't happen very often. No, um, and I think it might be a bold statement here, but I I would say that Mason Rudolph is the best QB three in all of the NFL. No, listen, listen. He he has he has quality NFL experience. His record is probably five hundred. 
His stats are not that bad. He knows you pulling him up. Pull him up. Fact okay. check me. <laughs> no, no, no. Fact Go check ahead. me. I, I, th I think that Mason Rudolph is, is an extremely underrated piece and I'm not a Mason Rudolph lover after, you know, he, he played a little bit in, in the most recent stint that he had, I don't know, two years ago, whatever. Yeah. I, I was all aboard on the Mason train and I have since hopped off, but I'm supporting him and I think he doesn't deserve all the hate that he gets. I feel bad for kind of what he's gone through. And and I'm surprised. I'm really surprised he's back. And I hope the Steelers fans welcome him. I, I Come agree. on. Come I, on. I, I feel bad for I feel bad for him as well. I've I've said that the actually most of this year actually. But wow, what a you threw me. I was not ready for that for him to be the top number three. I mean, I did pull up the depth charts of the NFL teams and I guess you could argue he is one of the best. Yeah. You I want mean, me to he, read you his stats? You have them? Uh, I don't have them, but I don't really need his stats. I just I'll give you his stats. I'll field. give you his stats. 61.5 completion percentage. Okay. On almost 400 attempts, over 60% completion. Okay. Almost 2,400 yards, average six yards. 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, pretty decent ratio. 80.9 rating. What what more can you realistically ask for from a QB three that knows the playbook and has seen the field for well, that's true four hundred passing attempts? I'll take Case Keenum or uh, Sam. Case Darnold Keenum's a two. No, they're both number threes. Who's who's ahead of Case Keenum? C.J. Stroud and Davis Mills. Who was well? The starter well, their QB one should be a QB three. Not C.J. Stroud, maybe Davis Mills, but. Who's yeah. ahead of Darnold? Uh, well, it's that's Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Well, because he's with Sam Fran. Uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I it might be a bold statement calling him the best three, but he is a solid three, and I think he does add value, huge value to that to that quarterback room. He's a top five QB three. All right, I'll give that to you until top all these rookies kill it. <laughs> we'll see. All right, but I will say with that, I still expect there to be. We don't know any details on this Mason signing. We no. just, whether it's rumors or confirmed or not, it just seems like it's happening. Um, we don't know how long, how much, whatever it might be. Um, so I would still anticipate there to be a significant amount of competition for that QB three with um, Perkins and, and even Tanner Morgan. We like to carry four quarterbacks, like you said, yeah. um, into preseason, but um yeah, who knows? I mean, we could see what happened with um, who, who was that old quarterback that that just sucked and he was our backup forever. Not he. It was like Landry Jones. Landry Jones. Yeah, like we all thought Mason Rudolph was Landry Jones two point kind of, and is. then finally we just cut ties with with Landry Jones. So yeah. you know that could happen with Mason, right? Could happen, but we'll see what the signing looks like. Hey, a little off topic, but uh, guess who the backup quarterback for Green Bay is? For the Penn Staters out there. Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford is the number, number two, two. On the depth chart. Yep. Wow. Who's three? Danny Etling. Don't know who that is. Yeah. So, sorry. A little off topic there. I just thought that was interesting. Well, thanks for sharing. Yep. All right, man. You ready to wrap up? Yeah. I think we kind of hit on everything. Pretty exciting. I think... Uh... I think it voluntary OTAs or maybe mandatory OTAs start soon. Um, the next couple, maybe in like a month in June. So excited to look for, forward to that and uh, keep seeing Kenny bulk up and, and be the man. And we got our schedule release. So we'll talk about that maybe on our next episode. We'll yeah, do a run yeah. through of some of those games, of course, 17 and zero. but maybe we can break things down a little bit, see yeah. what might be more of a challenge, you know? Yeah. I think that sounds good. All right, man. Appreciate the take three. Thanks to our listeners for uh, bearing with us and, and sorry for, for the yeah. delay in getting an episode out. But we're back better than ever. Heck yeah. We'll be back throughout the off season. And man, I cannot wait to break down that first game. That's going to be awesome. Me neither. We're almost there. Almost there, baby. All right. Talk to you soon, Pult. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks, everyone. Peace.